Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer in episode 164 of the Speaking Club podcast. Today, I want to give you some food for thought from comedian and storyteller Jeff Zimmerman. If you give a great PowerPoint presentation, people will remember the presentation. If you tell a great joke, people will remember the joke. If you tell a great story, people remember you. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognize the power of stories and humor in speaking. And because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organizations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hey, lovely to be with you again. Now, as you know, I'm on a mission to get you using more stories in your speaking and marketing so that your customers are more engaged and you get better results. But I know that there are sometimes things that could hold you back. And I want to tackle a couple of those today. My life and business revolve around stories. In my downtime, I love reading, watching and listening to them. And in my business, I tell, teach and write them. But it's not just my life that stories impact. They underpin the fabric of all of our cultures, religions and societies. And they can bypass defences connect with us and build bridges like nothing else can. And whilst the power of stories has always been there, it feels like their potential is just being realised in the world of business. And I think it's true to say that if you're not using them yet to market and speak about your products or services and build a relationship with your customers, then you are missing out on a vital piece of the puzzle. In my experience, of working with clients, both on the speaking, coaching and marketing side, there are two things that get in the way of people using stories. The first is not being clear on what's meant by story. And the second is doubting that you've got any interesting ones to share. In this show, I want to tackle both of those barriers and blast them out of the way for you right now. And of course, I'm going to start off with a story. I stepped over the threshold with trepidation. For nearly 48 years, I'd avoided this place, even though all my friends had been and loved it. Pushing down my angst, I made my way to the man beckoning me to him. The slightly maniacal grin on his face made me even more nervous, and he said, what would you like? There was no turning back now. I'd like a bucket of chicken, please. Yes, it wasn't until I was 47 years old that I ate my first piece of southern fried chicken from KFC. And here's the reason why. When I was around 11 or 12, something like that, I was walking to school with a friend. And my friend was very excited to tell me a story that she'd heard from her friend about another friend whose family had bought a bucket of chicken from KFC. So once they got the chicken home, they started grabbing it from the bucket. And just as one of them was about to chomp down, their mum shouted, no, stop. And then they looked at the piece of chicken and there was a tail hanging down. And it wasn't actually chicken. It was a rat 
remember hearing that story and thinking to myself, oh my goodness, there is no way you're going to get me eating at KFC because it could be a rat in the bucket. And I didn't question that story at the time. Now I know it's a complete urban myth. It never happened. Did you hear that urban myth too? So I like missed out on tasty fried chicken for all that time for nearly I don't know, it must be 30 years plus, whatever, because of that fake rat story. I, I only, as I say, only recently found out it wasn't true. So I should apologise to KFC for believing that. And I do want to say that after I did discover it was a myth, I, I had my chicken. I loved it. Their secret blend of 11 herbs and spices uh, was fab. And I, I certainly made up for it between January 2018 and January 2020. Which, which was when I turned vegan. So unfortunately, no more chicken for me. But why am I telling you that story? Because for me, it illustrates the power of stories in spreading, creating and shifting beliefs. Now, there's another story you might have heard as well um, that I want to share with you. And it's another one that I remember hearing it and believing it. There was a guy who was at the airport and he was sitting there at the bar waiting for his plane and this very attractive lady came up and bought him a drink. But the next thing he remembers is waking up in a hotel room in a bath full of ice with a note in front of him saying, call 911. So he phones 911, feeling very strange, and the lady at the end of the phone says, Sir, could you just reach around and check and see if you have a pipe coming out of your back? So he reaches round and he tells her, yes, there is. And she says, well, sir, basically you've had your kidney harvested. There are organ thieves working in the area. Only that too was an urban myth, but loads of people believed it. And suddenly men all over the place were refusing drinks from attractive women. So, yes, the power of stories is phenomenal. They're able to circumvent our conscious defences and break through to talk to our subconscious, getting us to identify with the people in the story. And whilst we're watching, listening to or reading a story, some part of our brain is simulating the experience they run tests on this and they can show it. So we're right there in the action, having an emotional experience right alongside the protagonist. And we end up having the same epiphany and convincing ourselves of the same myths. And what that means is that if you can tell a story in your speaking that talks to someone's problem, their pain, their desires, or overcomes one of their objections to taking action and you do it in the right way, then you will get to people to believe in what you're doing or in that product or service that you're selling. Let me give you another example using two different marketing campaigns for the same product in the late 1990s for Subway. Now, Subway ran a campaign to show off that quite a few of their subs were healthy. And this campaign was called Seven Subs Under Six Grams of Fat. Seven under six. It was sort of catchy, but, you know, there's no story. There's no emotion there. 
And it wasn't a particularly successful campaign for Subway, but it did do one thing, which was catch the attention of a man who at the time was a junior in college and he weighed over 400 pounds with a waist of 60 inches. And he'd pretty much just been told if he didn't lose weight, if he didn't change his lifestyle, then he would not live to see middle age. And his weight was impacting on his life tremendously. He'd picked a college course based on whether he could fit in the chairs and park close to the lecture theatre. It was a nightmare for him. And so he'd made a decision to change his lifestyle, to lose that weight. And this was just at the time that the 7 Under 6 campaign was out for Subway. So he decided to try a Subway sandwich and see if he liked it. And he did. And then he created his own diet based on Subway sandwiches. So he had a foot-long Subway for lunch and then a six-inch Subway for dinner, one of the seven under six. And over the course of months, he managed to lose about 285 pounds. And his roommate, who'd known him when he was overweight, saw him and was absolutely amazed at the transformation. And so he told the story to the news university newspaper. And that story then got spotted somehow by a men's health magazine. And they ran a story about him, which was finally spotted by a Subway franchise owner, which led to a campaign based on this university student's weight loss on the Subway diet. And the tagline for that campaign was, Subway helped save my life and start over. I can't ever repay that. And that campaign went viral. It had newspaper channels, TV channels, even opera phoning up the advertising agency that ran the campaign. And that campaign was so powerful because of one person's story. It's got so much more emotional pull and it's so much more relatable than just saying seven subs under six grams. You know, people had that epiphany. They were right there with this university kid and they could see the impact it had on his life. And they were like, well, if he can do it, if he could lose that much weight, surely Subways can help me lose a bit. So hopefully that illustrates why stories are so much more powerful than facts. Okay, so that's why we need to be using them. But... As I said, one of the things that I often hear from clients and students is, I know I need to use stories, Sarah. I want to use stories, but I don't have any that are interesting and I'm, I'm just not creative. I haven't got that imagination. But you know what? That is not true. And that's because I've seen the most left brain people come up with fantastic stories. Because in order to be creative, Sometimes a system and a process is more effective than a great imagination. And if you're doubting me, then listen to this next bit. In 1999, a bunch of Israeli researchers decided to do some analysis of the top 200-ish performing adverts. And they analysed them. And what they found was that in the top 200 performing ads, there were effectively just six templates they all followed the same formula and in the ones that were outside that top 200 
only 2% followed that formula. So what that means is the majority were using the same template, the same formula and finding success. And if you didn't follow it, you pretty much didn't stand a chance. So the thing to note here is that creativity happens best when there's a framework for it to hang off. Now, we could go deeper into stories. There are many, many story archetypes and they are worth looking into if you want to go deeper into storytelling. But what I want to do is help you keep things simple for today. So at the heart of a successful story are these things. There is a problem that the hero or protagonist has to solve. There is a desire, something that they want. And there's a conflict for, for them to overcome. And there's an achievement and some sort of inner transformation after that. And even if you just look at that sentence from the subway guy. Subway helped save my life and start over. I can't ever repay that. Even in that one sentence, there is a story. Yes, it's very stripped down, but there's a story there. He had a problem. He had a desire. He had conflict to overcome, and there was transformation. So stories don't have to be long to have a narrative, a story arc. They can be very short, still be powerful, and get fantastic results for you. In fact, I believe the more simple the story is, and I, I don't mean dumbed down, but like the more clarity there is around the message, the better they are. Okay, so what I want you to understand is that the Subway franchise owner, he spotted that story in the Men's Health magazine. He didn't create a story. So you don't have to create the story. And, that, and here's why. Because it's about spotting those markers that the story has it's simple and relatable there's a problem and desire the struggle or conflict which gives you the emotion there's an achievement and then some sort of transformation and if you can spot those markers it means you can actually find stories to use in your speaking and marketing that could be memories anecdotes stuff with clients stuff you hear on the news as long as it's got those elements present and then the other reason that you don't need to be imaginative or creative to use stories in your speaking and marketing is because you are not starting with a blank piece of paper. And I say this all the time, probably said it before in this podcast. You don't need to be J.K. Rowling writing Harry Potter or William Shakespeare or Dickens because you already have a head start on this. You know the problem, the pain, the desires and the objections of your target audience. And that is what you need to focus your stories on. You haven't got a blank sheet of paper. So, for instance, if you know the objections that could be getting in the way of people buying into your idea or buying your product or service, then find a story from your life, from your clients or the news or research that will override their story and belief that's fueling the objection. Let me give you an example. I was working with someone who does people's colours, you know, what, what colours work for them and which don't. And when we met, I said, I'd love to get my colours done, but yeah, I need to lose some weight first. Um, and I wanted to do that first because in my mind, um, if I got my colours done, I'd probably want to go out and buy some new clothes. And I didn't want some to fit me now. I wanted to go out and do that when I was slimmer. 
And she said to me, look, if you get your colours done, then it will boost your confidence and give you the motivation to lose weight. And what we identified from my initial reaction was that this is probably one of the biggest and most frequent objections in the minds of her target audience that she'd never thought about or addressed and that they probably talked themselves out of having their colours done for the very same reason that I did. And eventually I did get my colours done and she was right. You know, not only did it make me feel more confident wearing colours that I knew really suited my skin tone and all that good stuff, but it also saved me time, stress and hassle when shopping for clothes. And so I recorded a video telling my story, telling people what I thought, what actually happened when I got my colours done and how I felt after, afterwards, that sort of transformation. And that story is something she then used proactively to overcome that objection. So if you think about the objections people might have that are stopping them from saying yes to your thing or their internal beliefs about themselves or external things like time and money, then you can find stories that relate to them and deal with those. Or if you know your target audience's desires, then you can find stories that relate to those. Maybe they want to spend more time with their kids while they're growing up. Then share a story about someone who's achieved that through your product or service or idea or something similar. And if you're not confident, you know the problem, pain, objections and desires of your target audience and you want some help getting those nailed, then come and do my standout pitching boot camp. Because I believe they're the first things you need to get clear on before you start sharing your message. Okay, so it's about finding stories rather than thinking you have to sit there with that blank piece of paper to create them. You're not writing fiction, you're finding experiences from your life, news stories, anecdotes, case studies and even facts and data that you can turn into stories and use them in your speaking and marketing to change people's beliefs. So let's now look at a, what a story is. A story is actually defined in the Oxford Dictionary as a retelling of real or imaginary people or events. And whilst the Oxford Dictionary adds on at the end for entertainment, for our purposes, I would also add and for educating, changing beliefs, building need and desire. Okay, so we'll say that stories are a retelling of real or imaginary people in events for entertainment, education, changing beliefs and building need and desire. The other thing to say is that a story can be retold in different formats. Do you know, a photo can sometimes tell a really powerful story. I'm sure you've seen it. Or a painting or an infographic can tell a story. Now, obviously, we're focusing on speaking here. But in a recent talk I did, I shared a photo of a Weight Watchers ad campaign. And basically, the photo showed a woman on stage in a big theatre singing. And the tagline underneath was, Kendra discovered her voice. And underneath that, in a slightly smaller font, was minus, you know, the symbol, and 83 pounds. So clearly that photo with a few words conveyed the story that working with Weight Watchers, you can achieve the long-held dreams that you didn't think were possible. But whatever format it's in, 
the one thing a story must do is support your message. And your message needs to tie back into the problem, pain, desires and objections of your audience. And so in this podcast, the stories I've told you needed to convince you that stories are powerful, that stories can be different lengths and forms as long as they support your message and that the message must relate to your target audience in some way. And most important, my stories needed to show you that you don't have to be creative because it's about having systems and finding stories rather than creating stories that fit those essential ingredients from your target audience. And I hope I've done that. There are probably many, many moments in your life that would make brilliant stories that can power up your audience engagement. And the trouble is that we either struggle to access them, we don't pay attention to them, or we don't know how to turn those memories and experiences into stories that sell our message to our audience. So that's why I've put together my Snackable Story Challenge, which will help you discover your authentic stories to use in your talks, podcasts, lives, webinars and videos. And the transformations I see by the end of the challenge are brilliant. People can go from scared to share to delivering their stories with power and personality. And the next challenge is, is starting very soon. So if you're struggling to get your message across and you want to use more stories, this could be just what you need. And if you fancy having a look at that, go over to saraharcher.co.uk slash challenge to find out more and to grab your spot. So there you go. Your takeaways for this episode are the best stories are the ones that are simple and relatable. They have a problem, desire, conflict, achievement and transformation. And they can convey all that in one or two sentences. They don't need to be massive pages and pages. They can be longer. Your origin story in a keynote or webinar likely to be around 10 minutes, but they don't need to be. And, you know, my snackable stories that I teach are like three to five minutes. And some stories could even be conveyed in a photo or infographic. But all the stories you use should support your message and that message should relate back to your audience's problem, pain, desires and objections. And the best stories, in my opinion, are the ones from your life and lived experience because they will be unique and authentic. So you don't need to be creative. You just need to find these experiences. And your last takeaway is go and find and try out your stories. You'll be amazed at the impact they can have with your audience well that's it thank you so much for listening as ever if you enjoyed the show and you've been helped at all by what i share on here then i'd love it if you do me a big favor and leave a rating or review if you haven't already done so and if you have thank you so much at ratethispodcast.com slash tsc that's ratethispodcast.com slash tsc and remember, you can sign up and have a look at the challenge at saraharcher.co.uk slash challenge. And I will be back with you next week. In the meantime, stay safe. Don't forget to go out, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking with your stories. Take care. Bye bye. If you want to be more memorable and engaging when you talk, then you need to share more stories. 
Stories can help you better connect with your audience and their problems and get them leaning in more powerfully than anything else. And short, snackable stories are great to use in pitches, Facebook Lives, podcasts, videos, keynotes, webinars, blogs, in fact, everywhere to share your message and grow your business. The trouble is that finding your snackable stories and confidently sharing them can feel like a struggle. And that struggle can slow you down or stop you in your tracks. But that's where my free snackable story challenge comes in. Over the course of just five days, I'm going to give you resources, training and coaching to help you find your authentic personal stories to share and build your skills and confidence in sharing them. Not only that, but the challenge will guide you towards a tangible result at the end and assets for you to use going forward. The next challenge is starting soon. So to grab your space, go to saraharcher.co.uk slash challenge right now.